0: I'm Lino Khmoudou. Welcome to Health Chat. The UN World Food Program says 13 million people across the Horn of Africa face severe hunger. Three failed rainy seasons have created the driest conditions since the 1980s, with forecasts of below-average rainfall set to increase suffering in the coming months. The conditions have decimated livestock, forcing thousands in the region where many are farmers into displacement camps. The World Food Programme is calling for immediate assistance to avoid a repeat of famine a decade ago that killed hundreds of thousands of people. Meanwhile, in Central Africa, on the outskirts of Kinshasa, the capital of the Democratic Republic of Congo, the usually tranquil village of Kinduti is plagued by hunger as the WFP tries to avert the catastrophe of famine throughout the country. The DRC is among the countries most affected by starvation in the world with more than 20 million people in desperate need. VOA's Paul Ndiho reports.
1: The DRC is among the countries most affected by starvation globally with more than 20 million people in desperate need. Kinditu, a small village, sits at the end of a bumpy track through the savannah outside the largest capital city in the DRC. There are no grain stores in its straw roofed hut, no crops or farms along the 35 kilometer dirt road. Through the grassland, just men pushing old bikes loaded with sacks of charcoal under the swelting sun.
0: For our company, ZT.
1: There is no business
2: here. There is no more forest. Our fields are devastated by rodents that eat our potatoes.
3: We have no way to harvest our crops. This is the cause of hunger in the village.
4: All
3: the time,
1: is worried about the village's future and wants help.
5: Concerning the hunger problem, the government should send machines to make the fellow land to cultivate better. They should help us. We face many purposes.
1: In November 2021, the UN's World Food Programme, WFP, Mm. and Food and Agriculture Organization, FAO, said the food crisis in the DRC touched a quarter of the vast country's population, nearly 27 million people. And those suffering were not just in the country's conflict zones, but in and around the capital city.
5: In the DRC, there are 27 million people who are in a crisis or urgent need in terms of food security.
2: Here
3: in NCD, we're in a situation where we're one step away from this famine, which is precisely why the World Food Program is carrying out this sort of project.
1: Last year, the WFP teamed up with the UN's children agency, UNICEF, and the government to help locals buy food. The project, which helped to feed 130,000 individuals, aimed to change the people's lives and make them more independent. Paul Leho, VOA News, Washington.
0: Human rights advocates in Africa are increasingly spearheading discussions to amplify women's voices in climate change talks. They say working with women at the grassroots level is essential in addressing their vulnerability to disasters aggravated by long-term shifts in temperatures and weather patterns. VOA's Ruben Kiama reports from the Kenyan capital, Nairobi.
6: Activists say that women, especially in Africa, are more vulnerable than men to the risks of extreme weather events such as drought and floods. But their voices are overshadowed when it comes to conversations around how to tackle the global climate crisis. Stella Agara is the Justice and Climate Action Leader at Akinamamawa wa Africa, a Pan-African women's rights organization based in the Ugandan capital, Kampala.
3: The interference with the climate patterns basically means that those people who are depending on rain-fed agriculture can no longer be able to project their produce neither can they determine whether they're going to be having food in the future because the weather patterns have changed dramatically so we are experiencing El Nino and El Nina in different parts of the world right now. This basically means that certain groups are affected differently. Women are the main caregivers and therefore they're the ones who have to think about what the family is going to eat long before anybody else has to think about
6: it. Some say they're There is an unending debate on whether climate change is real in africa yet the continent continues to experience changing climate patterns that threaten both human health and food security wangeshi gitata kiriga is a women's rights champion from new faces new voices an african advocacy group that focuses on expanding the role and influence of women in the financial sector.
5: One of the things that we're trying to do is really to build the economic resilience of women so that they're able to go through this crisis, find solutions to those challenges, but also be able to go ahead and put their solutions on the table and advance women's economic resilience. Because I think it's really important that we hear from one another and also to share that knowledge, make our voices louder. The
6: group is an implementing partner of the Grasha Marshall Trust and is present in 16 African countries, including Cameroon, Cote d'Ivoire, the Democratic Republic of Congo, Ethiopia, Kenya, Mozambique, Nigeria, Rwanda, Senegal, South Africa, Tanzania, Uganda, Zambia, and Zimbabwe. The women leaders also highlighted the gap between conversations of the conference of parties the decision-making body that monitors the u.n framework convention on climate change and implementation mechanisms agara says key players need to find opportunities for women to participate meaningfully in the benefits of climate change projects they include carbon credits a type of permit that encourages countries or other holders to reduce greenhouse gases released into the environment
3: Africa has contributed the least to the climate change problem and yet we are going to bear the biggest brunt of the climate crisis most of the industrialization that has been happening in this world has been happening in the west in the global north coal mining and all those other practices that have contributed to lots of carbon emission in our ozone layer have not been happening in Africa but in terms of the crisis we are going to bear the biggest brand because we are not prepared at all to deal with with the situation. And as far as surviving the situation is concerned, we don't even have the kind of resources that we require.
6: Conversations for reducing climate change are growing, but often fail to include women in decision-making, leading to slow progress in the implementation of long-term and adaptable solutions. Gitata Kiriga explains.
5: Even this climate change conversation is pegged on the COVID-19 pandemic. Because during COVID, a lot of women experience gender-based violence, especially in the home. Women are the ones who are thinking of nutrition. They're the ones who are thinking of energy. They're the ones who are trying to feed their children. And when those stresses that come with different shocks, whether those are caused by a global pandemic or they're caused by climate shock, unfortunately, women are the ones who end up bearing that brunt.
6: Some say women have been forced to find ways to attend climate change forums and conversations and negotiate as key stakeholders. Sometimes they have even had to organize their own separate meetings for women to be heard. Activists say women's voices are key to the success of projects that aim to protect communities against rising temperatures and drought. Ruben Chama, VOA News, Nairobi.
0: Global data shows that women's health and wellness rank higher in countries with more gender equality. According to the WHO, gender equality is essential to achieving everyone's right to the best health possible. Observers say although a lot has been done to empower women over the years, the urgency remains in low- and middle-income countries to promoting women's sense of self-worth, ability to make their own decisions, and the right to influence social change for themselves. For more on the subject, I spoke with Linda Forwals, founder of the Empress Mindset Movement. She elaborates on her efforts to help empower women in Africa in improving their well-being.
7: The purpose of this organization is to bring women to the world stage to understand how truly great they are. Through this We have mental health, physical health, financial health, spiritual health, media, beauty and fashion, women in leadership, and legal and justice. Women are going to create the change for the future. As women, we need to promote, empower, unite, and collaborate with one another in order for us to obtain our objective as Empress Mindset. So how do you define an Empress Mindset? Empress Mindset is a woman of divine power and rank. Her mindset is her attitude and her behavior towards her journey. And Empress Mindset is giving back. It's a woman sitting in a position of power and knowing that when she rises to the top, she's blessed. And when she... Lifts other women and girls, she's doing the work of God, which is a blessing. And if she doesn't, it means she only got lucky. Where do you see some of the the most pressing needs, especially African women on the continent? Many people shy away from mental health. And the most important part of your body is your mind. If you don't strengthen your mind, you will suffer from severe mental health issues. People need to be educated when it comes to their physical health, and a lot of times... You know, you have people who are in these domains, They don't have to come out and give money, but you can give your time and you can educate your community, your continent, for people to be able to lead their lives in a healthy manner. When it comes to your financial health, you have a lot of people who have acquired wealth because of the continent, and they have no idea on how to give back and how to create opportunities for others who may not have the jobs, the education, the backgrounds where they are coming from. So I think when it comes to finance, setting up microfinances, be able to assist women where they can now sustain themselves and become independent and powerful and give back to their societies and their communities so other women can have an opportunity to lead healthy lives as well. What does
0: implementation of your programs look like? What do you do on the ground? This is a
7: movement that I'm trying to create a platform for these women who are in these domains to come out and unite, collaborate, promote, for us to be able to empower women and hand, forming a solidarity. My position right now as the founder, CEO, president of Empress Mindset is using my voice to call out to women in these different domains. Let's join forces. Let's see how we can create this change for the future, change the lives of our girls and women so they can understand how truly great they are. So far, I've I've launched it. I've gotten a lot of positive feedback. I was recently at an international school here in Cote d'Ivoire, an English school, where I had girls from ages 12 to 18. I had 100 girls and they were the panelists and they did extremely well. And so this was an opportunity for me to also get a feeling of where these young women are as far as their mental health and where they're headed after listening to them. They are definitely going to create the change for the future.
0: So women in general and African women in particular have faced various challenges for generations. There has been some progress made over the years. We cannot deny that. But a lot, of, a lot remains to be done, however. How will you measure success with the Empress Mindset uh,
7: movement? One thing that people have not really understood, education is key. You know very well that when you educate a woman, you educate a nation. Entrepreneurship is something that will give you the opportunity to feel independent and powerful. Because once you can sustain yourself financially, you're able to actually make a life for yourself and to show others that they can create the same type of life for themselves if they follow the right steps. However, when I look at the Empress mindset, I look at agriculture. Because once you can grow your own crops and you can also sell these crops to sustain yourself, you then are sending a message out there, let's go back to the soil. You don't necessarily guarantee anyone that if I send you to become a secretary or to learn how to do computer science, that you're actually going to come back a, a, a superstar. But you can never go wrong with agriculture. And I think with the emperor's mindset, if you follow the steps, you can definitely achieve greatness and reach your highest potential women are going to create this change that we're all hoping and wishing for and the future is definitely female and the future is empress mindset
0: what do you mean by the future is female because we live in a world where we need men as well so
7: can you clarify that we definitely need men and this world we all need one another no one is interdependent However, the fact that women today, they are in positions where they never expected to find themselves in. Today, a woman can be president. Today, a woman can walk into any corporate structure and become the CEO. Women today are at the top of the ladder, whereas before they were limited because of being female. Today, a woman can sit in any position a man sat in for decades. So this is why I'm saying the future is definitely female. Thank you, Linda
0: Fowers. Thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. That was Linda Powers, founder of the Empress Mindset Movement. You are listening to Health Chat on Voice of America. It is time for a short break. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Health Chat, Now to Nigeria, where a radio program is helping break through conservative culture barriers by highlighting cases of gender-based violence, or GBV. Even before the coronavirus lockdowns, many women and girls were victims of GBV. Timoteo Biesu reports from Joth, Nigeria.
4: Fatima, who does not want her real name used, is a rape victim. She's also wearing a mask to protect her identity. Fatima was on her way home from evening prayer in April 2020 when she was assaulted by two armed men. They
2: had a gun to my head and a knife to my throat
5: as they took me into the building. They raped me and they kept taking turns while they were stabbing me during the act.
4: At first, she was too afraid to report the incident to the authorities. Her rapists threatened to kill her if she told anyone. But like many residents in just Plateau State, Nigeria, every Thursday evening, she listens to a radio show where victims of gender-based violence talk about their ordeals. Fatima eventually broke the silence.
5: case has been in court and it's been dragging. I need your help to be able to push through with the case. I want justice.
4: Nanji Nadang is the host of Silent Voices, a show on the local JFM radio station. Nadang says the program reaches 100,000 listeners every week.
0: When they are telling me their problem, they feel like this is a safe space. Sometimes I go emotional on the show. There are times I go blank because when you hear some cases you wonder if we have normal human beings again on earth because some people behave like monsters and it's really disturbing
4: to help victims get justice Nadang works with the International Federation of Women Lawyers of FIDA The nonprofit offers free legal representation to victims who report cases on the radio show. But FIDA's representative in Plata State says getting justice for victims is not easy. So much bottlenecks. So somehow
3: we encounter some delays. But you know, our presence also gives us a lot of breakthrough. You know, there are cases that ordinary people would report to the police and they are not being given the necessary attention. But the moment they call on FIDA for FIDA's intervention,
4: the moment we appear, the police will hasten the process. While Fatima's rapists have yet to be convicted, FIDA will be monitoring the case. Meanwhile, the radio program will continue to help the victims of gender-based violence.
0: Your story with me via silent voices with Nanji at gmail.com and tell me whatever sexual and gender-based violence issue or human rights violation you are facing.
4: Timothy Yobiezi for VOA News Just Platter State Nigeria.
0: A company in Uganda is using artificial intelligence guided services to help women in ten countries in Africa with breast and cervical cancer screening related services. The company Chill Artificial Intelligence, or CHIL-AI, also uses drones to ease the mobility of cervical and breast cancer specimens from deep in the rural to town where modern laboratories can be found. During COVID-19 peak period, the drones were used to transport the COVID-19 specimen from the rural to key laboratories. To find out more, I spoke with Nabuma Kalisa, the founder and executive director of Chill Artificial Intelligence Lab in Uganda. Shamim Nabuma Kalisa, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. You are the founder of Chill AI, a company that aims to make healthcare affordable by using technological artificial intelligence uh, devices. Talk to us about the mission of Chill AI.
2: Our mission is to
0: ensure
2: that everyone gets accessible services using the power of artificial intelligence at first. People used to know us in the breast cancer and in the surgical cancer-related services. Well, we offer e-consultation, a e-pharmacy, a e-referrals. Um, but then after some time, we that, for example, we um, offer chemotherapy services to our customers. But then these customers would tell you, you know what, to sleep with you sleep without anything to eat. So it is from this that we came up with another company that uses the power of also artificial intelligence and the of a chatbot that people can be able to be linked to food that is nutritious and then um, they can access it at a reduced price. So food that's almost reaching expiry. So we did that so that we can ensure that our customers can get um, good health we are giving them the good health um, using their cervical and breast cancer services. We're also ensuring that their
0: nutrition is. Why artificial intelligence and how much of a game changer is it in the fight against breast cancer and cervical cancer? Artificial intelligence came
2: to make everything easy for us. example, I can give you an example in the breast cancer and cervical cancer services. example, if someone is going to access um, an x ray, they would have to first wait for a doctor to carry out um, to get the interpretation. But if the AI is there, it can help them, for example, you know if they have a tumour, if they don't have a tumour, and then they can see what next, or go for further medical attention, which was not there before AI. Like, if people don't use AI, I mean, they all have to wait for the doctors, have to wait for the health professionals to give them all these services. So AI is something that is so positive in our communities. And then another point is, the disabled that is left out in almost all the platforms. No one thinks about them by the way. But then these are people that do Need our services. So for the AI, it brings in the inclusiveness of everyone. For example, if someone is disabled and want to speak to a doctor, can use our platform, they're using sign language. So sign language can also be converted to audio, so the doctor can be able to understand, and also the doctor can be able to speak the audio and then convert in sign language. This is something that AI, the way I look at AI is something that has come in a positive way, like to make life so easy. And then for the bit of um, the food technology, for example, most of the people may not be able to use their hands, or maybe some people may not be educated. But then there is a bit of the voice; someone can speak what they
0: want. What are some of the so challenges good. that you have been confronted with in the development and implementation of artificial intelligence for healthcare? Yes, like. Any other
2: thing, everything has challenges. But then specifically for artificial intelligence, first of all, most of the investors in Africa, so this is something that they like. There is have to be a change in it that, yes, people are doing artificial intelligence, but then um, that acceptance of them, because the investors are people who are going to ensure that the businesses grow and, you know, helping us are scaling, you know, that. So the bit of the investors' minds and then, um, their impression about AI is is, is not yet um, good for us as the business. But then as time goes on, I know um, it will be of productivity. And secondly, um, for the bit of as the women, most well, people believe that um, being AI is, AI is for the men. So if you're a lady and you're doing that, so it takes you a lot to confuse And another challenge that we usually face is um, when you look at the bit of AI. Um, Most of the people are not yet uh, really informed that AI is going to conquer, even when they see all things becoming automated. It's a process, yes, I know, but it really takes a lot for um, most of the people to understand or to know that AI has come and it's not going to live. So we have to work with it.
0: Your interest in healthcare in general and fighting cancer in particular was inspired to some extent by your personal experience as a cancer survivor. Would you mind sharing with us your experience, your journey, and, and some of the takeaway that really pushed you to move toward that direction with your work?
2: As anyone else, we also have those personal experiences that you go through that really hurt us so much. And really feel depressed and sometimes you feel so down. But then when you look at something in a positive way, it truly brings out a positive impact. So, I did not want to look at the negative part of it. I wanted to look at the positive part of it. And when I look at it in the positive way, I started doing all that I'm doing to impact the communities, to do all that I can that people's lives are improved. As I said, the mission of change is to improve the lives of everyone, It's not only in the healthcare sector, but also in the food sectors. I talked about someone can come to the hospitals and then they don't have what to eat, and then you have to be sure that their health is okay. This is something that uh, is personal. But then, as I say all of us go through different challenges. So it is upon all of us, everywhere, I usually tell my other colleagues that we all have different challenges. So from those challenges, let us um, use them as lessons that we can make um, other people's lives better because there are also other people that would want to be inspired by you, who who would actually get the energy, the zeal to say, oh, I can also make it so that the community gets British people the continent also so this is something that I look at it in a, an optimistic way to change who I am what I'm doing and what I'm to do for the rest of the
0: world that's amazing mm-hmm. and finally Shamim how do you foresee the future of uh, artificial intelligence on the African continent and what do you hope to see in five to ten years when
2: you talk about artificial intelligence, as I say, artificial intelligence, yes, everything has its positive and the negative side. But then you also have to look at the positive side of something. Okay, how good is it going to be and how good has it done? So, artificial intelligence has come and it's not going anywhere. Every time you see people innovating, bringing in that on the, in the different continents. So, um, as, as Africa and then the coming years, every business, Every profession is going to change. Yes, for example, if you're maybe a doctor, or maybe you're an engineer, or maybe you're a teacher, yes the COVID-19 pandemic has came and then has taught us something, hey, we're not supposed to be just coming to class and teaching students. We have to bring in the online world teaching students and then they can be able to learn. So what's going to happen in the five to ten years that are going to come? The artificial intelligence that you're talking about now is going to conquer. So we have to work with it. If we don't work with it, it will work with us and you will have to adopt to it. You have to improve it. your skills. I mean, because, for example, efficiency. This can do something. Someone move. For example, in the airport. Actually, I was traveling um, recently, um, and then you don't have to first go and then you say you know I'm going here and all oh, that is already automated so what is going to happen after some time so there's nothing that we should look at and say technology has come AI has come and then we have to work with it no matter our different of what your hesitant about no matter the fear that you have what is it going to what are these robots going to do to our professions what are they going to do to all these but then remember AI works together with us so if we work together with AI and be able to bring a change in our continent so this is something that is going to make us better and improve wherever we are so it's going to be something that's going to be great and then everyone should look at it in a positive way
0: as I say thank you so much we appreciate your time oh thank you so much for your time too Now to Botswana, where health officials say the uptake of COVID-19 booster dose has been slow. The southern African country has nearly 3 million doses in stock, but only 63,000 have been administered since December. From Gaborun, reporter Mkondisi Dube has the details.
8: COVID 19 Task Force Scientific Advisor Mhomozi Masaba says there's been little interest in the booster shorts. In the Task Force Weekly Address Thursday, Masaba urged the public to go for the additional COVID 19 protection. We are at 1,376,754. That is the number of those who got the first dose. Fully vaccinated, 1,124,733. Then the last number is those who received um, their booster, uh, which stands at 63,317. We would like to take this opportunity to encourage people to go in large numbers uh, to get uh, their boosters to boost their immune system. Um, Masaba says adverse effects suffered by a few after inoculation could be causing the slow response. There are a number of
1: reasons why people are reluctant to get their booster dose. Some say the two doses are fine, while others say they felt the side effect, therefore they don't want to go through the same experience.
8: Last week, the country's medicines regulator, the Poznań Medicine Regulator Authority, indicated it was following developments over reports that inoculation had led to hepatitis reaction in Europe. Such reports, says Haburon, rest in Pomukwena, are unsettling.
1: Uh,
2: yes, we are keen, but at the same time, afraid to go for the booster doses. Some people feel the two doses they got is enough. Also, reports of people getting a reaction to the vaccine
8: also do not help. Botswana received the bulk of its vaccine consignments in December, with more than 2 million doses delivered. At least 73% of the country's adult population is fully vaccinated. For VOA, this is Mkondisi, in Haboroni, Botswana.
0: That's all for this edition of Health Chat. For the latest news and coverage on the coronavirus pandemic, visit voanews.com. Thank you all for joining us for this edition of Health Chat. And special thanks to all our affiliate stations throughout Africa for carrying Health Chat. I'm your host, Linoch Moudou in Washington with producer Dan Brown. Until next time, take care.